I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quiznos, I believe, is the worst collapse of a restaurant chain of all time. Welcome to episode 63 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I'm your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at Quiznos. On November 27, 2006, Bubinder Babar, known as Bob, walked into a fast food restaurant and ordered a soft drink. Witnesses remembered that he appeared relaxed, easygoing even, making casual small talk with the store manager and even inquiring on how the business was doing. Nothing he said or did hinted at the events about to unfold. As he chatted, Bob finished his drink and excused himself to go to the bathroom. It was shortly afterwards when gunshots were fired. Syncopated, loud pops rang through the air of the restaurant. In that small restroom, Babar had shot himself in the chest three times with a 380 caliber pistol. What pushed Bob Babar to take his life in such a way? because from that moment forward, the world was about to uncover the cause of his distress, that he had invested his entire life savings into a franchise, one that he alleged was entangled in criminal activities and ruined him and his family financially. That restaurant franchise was called Quiznos. Welcome to the story of Quiznos, making hot sandwiches fresh off the press since 1981, toasted by 2018. Let's talk sandwiches for a moment. I'll be honest, I didn't start out liking them. And I'm talking ham and turkey, pastrami and cheese and side bread. It just wasn't my thing. And I know it sounds crazy, but being born in Taiwan, my family and I weren't accustomed to eating cold food, Hmm? let alone cold cut sandwiches. It just wasn't part of our culinary appetite. 
So when I came to the United States years later, the idea of indulging in cold meats still seem entirely foreign to me. Perhaps sandwiches are deeply American, and it's in the United States that I came to appreciate a good hearty sandwich, because when done right, they are a mouth-watering experience that combines bold flavors and textures. Like the moment you take your first bite and experience the savory premium cold cuts, cut to perfection, providing the perfect balance in between. A splash of red wine vinegar and olive oil blend, which infuses a zesty tang on a freshly baked roll. But I digress. And at that time, the biggest sandwich chains that I could remember were Subway, Blimpy, Arby's, and of course, the company of the hour, Quiznos. Quiznos, at its height in 2008, topped $2 billion in sales and had close to 5,000 restaurant chains. But just as things were heating up, the iconic company would find itself in a pickle, leaving behind a very sour taste. This company is regarded as one of the biggest and most dramatic restaurant collapses in American history. So I started at Franchise Times in 2006, and that was right when the Quiznos problems really began to emerge, when it really became evident that Quiznos was having some real issues with their franchisee base. And in that year, there was a rather notable and infamous incident in which Bob Baber who was uh, one of the chain's franchisees out of California, took his own life and left a suicide note, basically blaming Quiznos for the problem. And then I covered it at, at Franchise Times and the nation's restaurant news, and now I'm at, at Restaurant Business. And in those years, I've watched it collapse in what I believe is the worst collapse of a restaurant chain of all time. That was Jonathan Mays, editor-in-chief of the trade magazine Restaurant Business and a longtime industry journalist whose commentary is oftentimes featured in the New York Times, CNBC, and NPR. Before we get into how Quiznos went up in flames, let's go back to its origin story. Back in the late 70s, business partners Jimmy Lombados and Todd Deisner started a fine dining restaurant called Footers, located in the heart of Denver. It was quite successful, but it was just the launching pad. Both men had bigger dreams. And their eureka moment came when Lombados, a chef, saw an opportunity to put an elegant spin on sandwiches. They launched an Italian-style deli, but really took their time in developing new recipes, creating the perfect formula, which was a concoction of red wine vinegar dressing, high-end bread, and high-end toppings. By 1981, Lombados and Deisner opened the original Quiznos at the corner of 13th and Grand Street in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Denver. It was an instant success. They didn't just make sandwiches, they transformed them. 
Their unique method of toasting each sandwich made them innovative. It sounds silly now, but the toasting process was mind-blowing back then. It not only melted the cheese, but enhanced all the flavors in between and added a crunch to its sandwiches. Two years later, Quiznos began selling franchises, a decision that spurred rapid growth and allowed the brand to expand. And by 1991, a decade later, Quiznos had a total of 18 locations, mostly in the Colorado area. And that's when Labatos and Deisner decided to sell the company to local franchisee Rick Shaden, the 26-year-old whose father helped fund the business. When the Shadens took over, they wanted growth. And in order to do that, they had to build the right infrastructure to support franchise owners through training, marketing, support, and operations. Two years later, the Shadens took Quiznos public and raised $4 million in an IPO. And by that time, they got what they wanted growth in the numbers where they saw their sub-empire grow exponentially. We're talking thousands of Quiznos across America, even across the world, into Canada, the UK, South America, the Middle East, and Asia. When they were going well, they were an alternative, a legitimate alternative to Subway. You know, Subway was, was a giant even at that particular point. But here comes Quiznos with these toasted subs. So the, the menu had a higher quality and they had some really, really good advertising that got a fair bit of attention and usually comparing themselves positively to Subway. You know, what would you prefer a toasted sub versus a not toasted sub and, and would sort of make fun of Subway. So their marketing was really good. Their food was, was really good and, and they were expanding. And if you're expanding, people, you know, start to notice that. Even Subway, who then had already been around for quite some time, was no match for Quiznos Toasted Subs, their higher level of ingredients and overall quality. To top it off was the creative advertising and distinct marketing. They had these quirky, really strange mascots called sponge monkeys that would sing the praises of Quiznos Subs. We love these subs! Because they are good to us! The Quiznos Subs! It straddled the line between creepy and brilliant, but there was no denying that it had made an impression and got people talking. Another move that got people fired up was the jab that they took at their competitors. I mentioned Subway, but back in the fall of 2006, Quiznos hosted the Quiznos versus Subway TV ad challenge, where they invited the public to create a homemade commercial aimed to attack its rival, showcasing why and how Quiznos was the better sandwich. It was definitely gutsy and bold, but Quiznos would soon realize that hitting below the belt was going to come back with some serious blowback. And it was also around 2006 when Jonathan Mays began writing about Quiznos and the complaints filed by the franchisees. Well, you start hearing from franchisees that there is a problem. And in around 2006, Quiznos franchisees were really complaining about problems. And there were 
stories. We covered the topic in depth in Franchise Times. The New York Times actually wrote a piece uh, following the death of, of Bob Baber. And the franchisees were complaining about their costs. They say their costs are too high. And they were also complaining that Quiznos was allowing locations to be built too close to existing locations, which siphoned off some of their sales. And there was another complaint about Quiznos not approving sites quick enough and, and franchisees getting frustrated about that. So the, the, the complaints really started to hit a fever pitch back in 2006 and 2007. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Bob Babar's death stemmed from his distress over how Quiznos was treating him. They were the same complaints coming from other franchisee owners, and any question about the company's involvement in his death was quickly answered. Babar had left behind a suicide note, and the moment that became public, so did half a dozen class action lawsuits filed against Quiznos by angry franchisees across America. There was a list of accusations, and included in these complaints were, number one, the inflation of costs of food and ingredients. There were instances where Quiznos was actually overcharging its franchisee partners the cost of the materials by a whopping 30 to 40%. Because it's a franchise business, partners are obligated to buy the ingredients from Quiznos headquarters directly. But some of these owners found out that they could actually get the materials for so much less, and the price gouging hurt their profitability and bottom line growth. I would start with the foundational element, which is that it costs more for Quiznos franchisees to buy their food than other franchisees. That is the problem undergirding this entire situation because what they were doing was Quiznos created its own supply chain subsidiary that would negotiate deals with food vendors for the right to sell food to franchisees. And then Quiznos, this subsidiary, would get rebates or incentives for that business. And that is a particularly problematic or controversial or potentially problematic situation in the franchise business. Because, you know, when you invest in a franchise, one of the reasons you do so is because you believe that you can get products cheaper than if you were to go out on your own. Because as a large group, you would have buying power 
and you can negotiate better deals from companies like, say, Cisco or who, you know, whoever. Another formal complaint was allowing other Quiznos to be built so close to already existing ones, which created competing businesses. In Babar's case, he had grown increasingly upset with Quiznos after the company opened other stores within his franchise area. And he attempted to orchestrate some sort of resolution by filing a formal complaint with the Quiznos Franchisee Association. Headquarters responded by terminating Babar's two franchisees, and he who had sunk his life savings into those two locations, saw the case being dismal, likely to drag out with no end in sight. Also, it was just overall lack of respect for all franchise partners. Like in 2009, when the company sent customers a coupon for free sandwiches and franchisees, angry at the discounts and already low profits, revolted by refusing to accept the coupons. Customers got angry, perpetuating the already brewing issues within Quiznos. And in the backdrop of the ongoing conflict, the company had already been experiencing financial troubles when it did a leverage buyout in 2006. A leverage buyout is a financial transaction in which a company or a group of investors acquires another company, typically using a huge amount of debt to finance that acquisition. The goal of a leverage buyout is to take control of the target company, in this case Quiznos, oftentimes with the intention of improving its financial performance. It can save a business, but it also comes with huge risk and downsides. And a leverage buyout can also saddle a company with huge amounts of debts that they often can't recover from, similarly to what occurred with Toys R Us. The other factors here was they did a leveraged buyout in 2006 and they sold 50% of, or actually 49% of an interest in Quiznos to some private equity firms. And then they would do a, a second round in, in 2008 and ultimately ended up borrowing $875 million. And if you have a substantial amount of debt you have to service the debt. And as a result, the funds you are getting from that subsidiary become critical for your ability to pay off your loan. So it was, in my book, bad management to charge your franchisees that much for their food because your franchisees need to make money. If your franchisees do not make money, your business is ultimately going to suffer. So that was a significant management flaw. But Quiznos could not fix it because they had too much debt. And that combination would ultimately become really problematic once we hit the recession. But being so heavily laden in debt makes you vulnerable, especially when the company was faced with a recession in 2008. They created this system you know, really before the debt came along. It becomes just really tempting in a franchise business to try to get as much money out of these franchisees as humanly possible, because you can. And frankly, there are no real restrictions. There's just almost no law that prevents franchisors from doing something like this. So it's just really tempting. And it's hard not to look at this and not think, well, they got greedy. And then they, you know, they took their $600 million 
and essentially created a company with a weak foundation and too much leverage. And as if things couldn't have gotten worse, sometimes the past comes back to haunt you. Subway, the rival which Quiznos had been cavalier in knocking down, came back for a one-two punch this time. Understanding that Quiznos' competitive edge had been their toasted bread, they too offered that in their sandwiches. And when the timing was just right, they dropped their price to a level that they knew Quiznos could never compete with, especially given all of the losses experienced by their franchise stores. There was also the presence of Subway. Let's not forget the fact that Subway existed at the time. And Subway had all the advantages. You know, they were much larger, much bigger uh, marketing budget. They were all over the place. And then I believe it was in 2003, they said, you know what we're going to do? We are going to add a bunch of toasters to all of our restaurants. And suddenly Quiznos main point of differentiation was was gone. And then Subway started selling the $5 footlong. And Subway at the time, need to emphasize that point, at the time could afford to sell their footlong subs for $5 because they were the lower cost. So they had a, a better financial model. And their franchisees could more easily make money on a smaller amount of revenue. And the $5 footlong was roughly the catalyst. Well, that plus the fact that they now had toasted subs, and so people did not have to go to Quiznos. And then Subway was much cheaper. And then when we hit the recession in 2008, people started buying cheaper food in absolute droves. And Quiznos tried to match the prices. But they weren't able to, and the lawsuits kept pouring in. There were lawsuits over, you know, over the subsidiary, the food charges. Uh, there were lawsuits over the situation of stores not getting approved and, and of, of stores being built too close to one another. You know, many of them ultimately got settled. They were very substantial and pretty hard-fought lawsuits for, for a long time. Here, Jonathan explains how management responded to the concerns voiced by its franchise partners. This was one thing, and it, and it still irritates me because you still see franchises use this sort of line, is they would always portray it as disgruntled, a group of disgruntled franchisees. That's one of the things that they frequently did. And they would portray themselves as, look, we're working to make things better. They would dismiss concerns about food costs and would point to, you know, some of the charges which weren't that high. And they would point out that, you know, other brands had food co-ops in which, you know, the franchisees uh, have a stake in the, in the supply chain business. And they would still complain about food costs. And so they, they largely dismissed a lot of the complaints. And, you know, and then just fought very hard on any lawsuit that was filed. When the franchisee lawsuits came to a head, Quiznos ended up paying over $200 million to compensate its existing owners. 
Another lawsuit was one for $95 million that included franchisees who were never able to open a location due to disputes. On March 14, 2014, Quiznos sought protection under Chapter 11 bankruptcy in a Colorado court. During this period, Quiznos aimed to keep its doors open while it tackled its financial problems and made necessary improvements to its operations. However, despite efforts to reinvent itself, including adding new menus, healthier options, vegetarian options, Quiznos ultimately couldn't make its comeback stick. Quiznos is a perfect example of how a fantastic product is just not enough to guarantee success. In 2018, it was purchased by private equity firm High Bluff Capital Partners. At that time, the franchise had about 300 locations open. However, today, there are fewer than 200. Quiznos went from a booming business to a cautionary tale in the fast food industry, and it underscores a fundamental principle in the world of franchises. Prioritizing the well-being of your operators and franchise partners is paramount, because when they find success, it paves the way for your own prosperity. Oh, I mean, there were, you know, a couple of them that cried over the phone because they were losing money. Uh, I know one Quiznos franchisee who, when things started to be a problem, was making a bet on the company coming back, and so he started picking up a bunch of restaurants and ended up owning 12, and he ended up on welfare. I had a guy who owned 12 restaurants at one point and then ended up homeless. They were pissed off, they were desperate, they were angry, and you know they were losing the investment. You know, you get into a franchise because you think, this is going to be something that I might be able to pass on to my kids. I can build a little bit of household wealth. And you end up in the exact opposite situation. The other element is a lot of these people had SBA loans. And there was a huge percentage. We don't know anymore. But uh, at the time, we had uh, data pointing out that Quiznos had the highest sale rate of any franchise uh, with an SBA loan. The problem with that is when you fail on an SBA loan, you could lose your house. If you're a small borrower and the only collateral you really have is your house, that's what you got to put up. So what were the lessons and takeaways here? You have to have the right foundation in a business. And you have to understand what that foundation is. And in a franchise business, that foundation is absolutely your franchisees have to make money. Quiznos doesn't sell subs. It sells franchises. It sells the right to operate a brand to a group of investors who are the ones that are operating your brand and are in the face of that brand to the customer at the restaurant. And if that group is making money, then your business is just going to be much, much easier. That is the real overarching lesson. I mean, there's other lessons there as well. You know, don't overburden your business with with too much debt. You know, don't sort of lose focus on marketing. Don't overly discount your product when your moral that you sought to establish in the market is a quality product. 
And that is sage advice. Just like crafting the perfect sandwich, the relationship between the franchisor and the franchisee relies on key ingredients, trust and mutual benefit. In this instance, Quiznos overloaded on greed and spoiled the recipe. Special thanks to Jonathan Mays for his contributions to this episode and providing commentary on what led to the downfall of Quiznos. And thank you for tuning in this week to The Great Fail, a program that spotlights some of the most infamous case studies of failed businesses, brands, and ideas, and goes beyond that to garner lessons and wisdom so that we all can learn from the greatest mistakes. The Great Fail is part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of these episodes would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatfail.com under our show notes. Connect with us at The Great Fail on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so that we can continue bringing you more episodes. And remember, with great failure comes great liability. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.